Brandon Nimmo, welcome back to Queens. The Mets bring back Nimmo eight years, $162 million. And Figgy, they weren't done there. David Robertson, they didn't trade for him at the trade deadline. Instead, they flashed 10 million and he took it. And he's the new Mets setup man. Uncle Stevie, praise thee. He is our God, Figgy. (laughs) <laughs> he does the right thing by helping to shore up the bullpen, but there's also a few other moves that he made that will make Mets fans very, very happy this Christmas season. It may be having them chant Jose, 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 Jose once again for Quintana. A lot of moves are made, and it's an emergency edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post, and it's coming up next. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing, amazing but true, orange and blue, so amazing, here's the pitch, New York folks, it's out of here, we got you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an emergency episode of Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. There's so many emergencies in Mets land this week. You think we're putting out a fire, Figgy? Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa here. Yeah, we're fired up on this Thursday night, recording at midnight, fresh out of me seeing MJ Musical. The first time I shut my phone off since, like, the Bush presidency when I had a flip phone, and the Mets go out and make a splash. My goodness, you get a free agent. You get a free agent. You get a free agent. Unfortunately for the rest of Major League Baseball, that you is Steve Cohen. He's buying your mother, your father, your uncle, your sister, and your cousin. This guy is filthy rich, and he's taking everyone. He's taking names. Unbelievable, Figgy. The Mets go out Thursday night. They re-sign Brandon Nimmo. He's back. All smiles. Smiles here. Eight years, $162 million. Oh. That wasn't enough? Fine. Let's go get one of the best setup men of our generation. I don't think that's an exaggeration either. And sign David Robertson to a one-year, $10 million deal. Nimmo's back. Robertson's a Met. Verlander's a Met. Jose Quintana's a Met. Brooks Raley is a Met. Did I forget anyone? It's been nonstop. What an offseason. And it's only December 8th, Figgy. Happy holidays, Mets fans. <laughs> we haven't even hit Hanukkah yet, right? I thought it was eight nights of Hanukkah. You're supposed to get a present each night. This guy is amazing right now. I think what you're looking at is when you say a win-now mode, this is a win-now mode. And they're trying to do everything they can to make this team a success front to back and leave no stone unturned. And that's what you hope for when you have ownership of this caliber. And when we heard about the luxury tax and how they were changing it to make it even more difficult for owners to spend, he just laughed. He laughed right in their faces and said, "Ah, not a big deal. I have chump change in my uh, ashtray of my car that I can pay this off with and uh, just continues to not spread frivolously either. I mean, he's making some good deals. He's making some deals that are smart deals. You look at Brandon Nimmo, and we talked about it before, that I kept saying he looked great in pinstripes, even if it was a cross in the Bronx. because These of the, pinstripes! Because of the kind of player he is, right? The kind of player, what he does, what he's uh, capable of doing. You know, he, he's an asset to any team. And Scott Boris, of course, painted the picture better than anybody. He said, whoever your center fielder is right now, other than probably six guys, he's better than them. 
And the numbers speak to that in the last six, uh, since he was there in 2016, last six years, as a center fielder, he's top five when it comes to on-base percentage. He's top five when it comes to weighted runs created. That means that a guy gets on, a guy's able to score from first base. That means his value is such that he can provide that leadoff power as well with seven, uh, 16 home runs this year. I still think he's a 20, 20 to five home run guy. He just hasn't been able to kind of find out or figure out who he wants to be at times because he tries to get these walks, tries to outsmart the umpire, tries to win the three, two at bat and, and just start running off. And he takes a lot of call strike three. I think you're going to see a little bit more aggressive Nimmo because, you know, behind you is going to be a guy like Starling Marte who does have the same skill set can get on, can score from first base, can also leave the ballpark. So I, I look at a Brandon Nimmo, as a, it's a tremendous signing. It's something that now you can kind of move on to the things that you really need to focus on. And, oh, yeah, the bullpen was the number one thing we talked about. And they went right out and they got somebody like David Robertson, who, again, a veteran who is what you want to be able to hand the ball off before Diaz, um, a guy that you don't have to worry about. He's been through everything that you can imagine in a baseball uniform and uh, excited to see him in a Mets uniform as well. Hanukkah doesn't start till December 18th. It's starting early. Eight <laughs> crazy nights. Where's Adam Sandler? Maybe before Hanukkah, Kode Senga is a New York Met, too. It seems inevitable at this point. If you are a free agent, the Mets have your number, and they have it on speed dial, and they got cash to throw through the phone. They're <laughs> handing it to you through the phone. There's no soldier boy kiss me through the phone. It's cash me through the phone. Steve <laughs> Cohen is filthy rich. He's doing it all. He's doing what we've waited for as Mets fans our whole life. My entire life, I've watched the Yankees spend every last dollar. They're taking change from bums outside Yankee Stadium. <laughs> they got every dollar in the books. We're the rich kids in town now. We're Richie Rich. Uncle Richie Rich Steve Cohen. It's been a joy to watch because... Yeah, you could say we're buying a title, Figgy, whatever. We have been broke. We've been the homeless man begging for change. We've been asking Bernie Madoff for the money back that he stole from us. Now Steve Cohen doesn't give a flying F-U-C-K. He will do oh what he wants. Because nobody knows how to spell. He will do whatever he wants. That's avoiding the curse words, Figgy. That's avoiding the bleep button. And guess what? Jacob DeGrom, here you go. You want this jersey? I won't burn it because I don't want a fire hazard in my building right now. <laughs> but you say you want, you had the same vision as the Rangers to go win a championship in Texas. Well, the only time that's winning a team that's winning a championship is in Queens, the New York Mets. So go enjoy Texas where you won't ruin Jack S-H-I-T. Jeez, you're you're on fire, dude. Uh, listen, you go across town and you see what the Yankees have done. And yeah, they did the one thing that they had to do, right? Spare no expense, $360 million, nine years to Aaron Judge. But the team didn't get any better, right? The team didn't get any better. All they did was get poorer because they have to pay him his dues. So take those $360 million and see how the Mets have sprinkled all the things that they've done. They've made their team immensely better than it was just a year ago. Like right now, we're sitting around trying to figure out who the pieces that'll still stay and, and play. And, and how do you have room for Escobar if Beatty's going to play? And oh, yeah, I forgot Guillaume's up there, who's gold glove defense and, you know, batted over 300 while he was healthy. 
you're trying to find room for all these guys now. You know, you, you're Vogelbach, yeah, yeah, it was fun while it lasted. If you can get a DH and you can slot him in there, even if it's a one-year deal, bring in a DH at a one-year deal who can, you know, go in there and bang with the rest of these guys, and you're looking to uh, provide a spark um, like never before. Like the, the anticipation for the season is already through the roof, and all you keep hearing is that they're not – done yet i'm on the season now i gotta wait till i gotta wait four months baby give me opening day give me i was at mj the musical with my pops take me on a you know flight to city field take me in an uber to city field i'm ready for opening day i'm fired up and if you're a mets fan how could you not be like if there's any negativity out there find god i mean (laughs) find brandon nimmo he knows where god is i mean he's a big religious guy go to church with brandon nimmo because there is like nothing to be negative this is not our money 388 million after luxury tax 333 65 in luxury tax and like you said that's Charmin for him. That's Scott. My parents use Scott. I'm a Charmin guy. I don't like when I go home. I, I Are you a one-ply or, or a three-ply? I'm a, I'm a double strong, baby. I'm an ultra strong. <laughs> I order that. I don't home. understand how people still use one-ply in this day and age. My parents use Scott. I'm like, you got this nice house and you use this. I mean, if you want your butt to bleed. Well, no Mets fans' butts are bleeding right now. <laughs> you know, they're taking shots at tequila. It's unbelievable. And, the, and the, we keep saying, and they ain't done yet and you can't overlook this david robertson deal and it looks like steve cohen said this he said you know what i didn't trade a prospect for david robertson the phillies did phillies ended up making the world series you didn't think that was in the back of his mind when david robertson was a free agent he said i'll use my money and i'll get him and i'll win a world series something the phillies didn't do in 2023 i'll go do that and he got himself an elite setup man figgy this guy's been in the league forever he's been consistent he had some injuries mixed between but this guy's been in the league 14 years he's coming off a 2-4-0 era he'll be 38 in april but it's fine because it's a one-year 10 million dollar deal this guy's a winning pedigree he's been to a world series you know he's played on winning teams non-stop and he doesn't have to be the closer you have edwin Diaz doing that he's also pitched for the long island ducks but <laughs> never nevertheless haven't we I, all haven't we I, all what i think is is very interesting about robertson is that he continues to make adjustments continues to tinker with his arsenal continues to get better um by watching you know the, how the game of baseball is being played what, what the pitchers are doing they're pitching high in the strike zone he's been able to do that he's been able to elevate his fastball and then use his slider his changeup is is outstanding out pitch. What you love about him is the three pitch mix. He's able to you know change speeds on those. He doesn't always stick to one thing. And his strikeout rate was actually higher this year than ever in his career. Over thirty percent of the batters he faced, he punched out. And this is without having a ninety nine hundred mile an hour fastball. So. While everybody else is rearing back and the hitters are starting to get used to seeing all this high plus velocity stuff and pitching up in the zone, he's able to move the ball all around. So I love the addition of Robertson. I would absolutely go nuts if they were able to get Ottavino as well to throw in the mix with with these two guys. That's uh, the icing on the cake. If you have Ottavino, and we'll talk about you know Brooks Rayleigh Figgy, who's a strong lefty coming off a career year. You have Ottavino, Rayleigh, Robertson, Diaz, amongst the other guys, McGill, you know, the Elysia, uh Hernandez that they got. I mean, we're talking about a stacked bullpen behind an already stacked rotation. 
Yeah, you're not uh, trying to figure out exactly how to pronounce people's names. These are some home. These are some names that you've heard of before. These are the guys that have been on the back of the sports pages, especially in New York. So I think that's what you're looking for is the marquee value of this team has skyrocketed. These are guys, again, that have done it before. You're not worried about can they handle the pressure of New York? They've done it already. Um, I, I think another one, Quintana. We haven't even touched on Quintana yet. Quintana was one of the most coveted lefties in baseball. And when he got traded... Um, you know, he was one of those guys that we were commanding four prospects when he got traded. And then he winds up, you know, he didn't struggle. He had some injuries. Now, all of a sudden, he's a guy that you add into the mix with this Mets staff. And they desperately needed a left-handed starter. Uh, you, you were hoping, you know, a Rondon. Um, but at the, when you look at the price point of what you're getting for out of Quintana, a 2.98 ERA last year. Again, another guy who has figured out how to do things uh, and and continue to pitch in baseball. Pitching another is all about making adjustments. Another guy coming off the best year of his career, Figgy. Another guy who had the best year of his career right before he comes to Queens. You could argue that's a bad thing because maybe they're due for now here. I no, argue, no. but but this not listen. It's not like Aaron Loop. It wasn't an Aaron Loop under one ERA type year. That that's where it's like it's impossible to duplicate that. You're talking about now. All of a sudden, it could be a change in the pitch mix. It could be a change in philosophy. It could be a change in a million different things. And I think what you're going to have is that Hafner, if you're Jeremy Hafner right now, you, you've got to be, you can't even go to sleep at night. All you're doing is sitting up game planning for these guys and figuring out exactly what's going to be the best, best way to use all these different weapons and how to get the most out of each and every one of these guys. Cause it's going to be a sick rotation, a, a, a very, very a powerful bullpen and a, I, I stress, I can't stress it enough. They're not done yet. If they're able to add one more starter and you can bump everybody back down and you're looking at uh, Tyler McGill, who's throwing 98, 99, being in your bullpen all of a sudden, then you don't have to go out and get another bullpen arm. You don't have to go out and get another left-handed arm with Peterson having to either be a triple-A starter to be able to, you know, just in case somebody goes down or there's a multitude of different things that you can do. I mean, this is a time like never before where it's not about the money. It's about what do we need to be the best team possible come April 1st? I almost want to say saying is a lock. The way it's going right now, it just seems like we should just announce on Amazing But True that Sang is a Met. Like, <laughs> let, let's just predict the future. Put your bets in, your future bets that Sang is a Met. The way it's going and the way the reports are going that there's this doesn't mean they're out for Sanga. And let's just put them in right now and look at the rotation. Verlander, Scherzer, Sanga, Quintana, Carrasco. I mean, that is laughably good. Like, it is laughably good. Like, Quintana on some teams is a two. Carrasco on some teams is a two. Your one through five are all solid pitchers, and, you know, maybe they end up, and we hope they don't because we like Cookie, maybe they shed that $14 million salary and go, you know, use that elsewhere. Maybe they get a DH. We'll see. But when you talk about Quintana, this is what I love about it, Figgy, is that you let Ty Walker go for a lot more money, and Quintana arguably is better, and he gives you a lefty, which you were missing. Ty Walker, good for him. Great clubhouse guy. He cashed out. He gets four years, 72. He gets $18 million a year, a long-term deal. Unfortunately, he stays in the division. And this is also why we got to factor in why Steve Cohen's like, screw it, I'm all in. Because this division is really good. Oh, the Phillies are ridiculous. really good. The Braves are the Braves. The Braves have locked everyone up on the dollar menu on their mm -hmm. team. I mean, they have gotten everyone on the low. <laughs> so Steve Cohen's looking at like this, like, I'm not just trying to win a World Series. I need to win the division first because he saw what happened in the wild card, and he doesn't want that to happen again. But Same thing happened to the division winner. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Listen, and this is a three-team 
division. That's going to be a three-team race. You need all your horses. And a guy like Quintana is good because it gives you a lefty. You got him for $13 million a year where Ty was getting $18 million a year. So you could call that bargain hunting in terms. I know a lot of Mets fans are like, who is this guy? I mean, he's been in the big leagues 11 years. He had 32 starts last year, sub-3 ERA. And he is right now probably your fourth starter once you sign one more guy. That is just scary. Yeah, absolutely. And it speaks to the level of uh, how the bar has now been set. The bar has been set much, much higher. You're, you're, you know all the things that the Mets went through last year, and the reason why Buck Showalter wins manager of the year isn't because he had his five horses all year long and rode all five of those guys to 20 wins each. That's not what happened. Not even close. You're talking about day one, Tyler McGill is your opening day starter over Jacob DeGrom. And then Scherzer winds up going down a couple of times throughout the season and guys just continued to pick up the slack. Peterson had some really good starts. He said you had just a multitude of guys figuring it out as they went along. Ty Walker was pitching like an all-star of the first half, like he did the last year. Then you saw also Cookie Carrasco figured out how to get out of that first inning without getting bombed on, you know, giving up three runs. And he got better and better and better. So if you can imagine that they're able to take those guys that they were counting on last year and move them back out as depth and you're adding Verlander and you're adding Quintana. And if you get a Senga who is one of these guys that you keep hearing about, that's a, a generational type talent. Like there's a lot of guys that come over from Japan and they wind up, you know, obscurity you don't really hear much about them There's you know, they'll pitch a little bit on the West coast. They'll wind up getting traded to the central uh, dice K, you know, never really panned out to be the pitcher that they thought he was going to be. But this kid, that they're talking about Senga is is you're talking triple digits with the fastball. You're talking the what, what was it? The ghost split. The, the ghost, ghost change? fork ball. The How ghost fork ball. Oh no! I trust me. I know exactly what it's in reference to, and it, it happens many a time. You throw that fork ball at that velocity, the arm moves like it's 103 miles an hour, but the ball never gets there. It seems to disappear right before it gets to the plate. So that late dropping action. So it's almost like a knuckleball that just drops, but it's not being a knuckleball thrown at 65, 70 miles an hour it's a knuckleball being thrown at 91 92 miles an hour so you could imagine uh, a hitter sees the arm moving at 103 he's trying to gear up that gives a fastball down the middle and the ball just drops and bounces on the plate you've seen some i've seen some ridiculous swings where the ball barely makes it to the dirt in front of the plate and these guys are swinging and you know uh who's it uh rob friedman the the pitching ninja We'll show the the sword, sword of the week. You'll see a lot of those kind of forkball split fingers, uh, especially from in the Japanese ranks, that they're just nasty. And uh, it would be an amazing addition because his deal would be probably like a five to six year deal, which would make him probably your ace as you move past the Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, he's your number three. He's an ace for most teams. I, I well, mean, that's what I'm saying. We'll but see, he's but... gonna he would he would be that guy that can be comfortable behind those two guys, learn everything he can from those two guys, still be himself. And then you're looking, you know, five years down the line, he's gonna be the man for this team. Um, alongside whoever else Uncle Stevie feels. And you gotta be in start thinking uniform. about that. Like, because we're we're talking about the right now win, but like if you have him down the road, like like you said, and he's your ace. And let's say he lives up to the hype. You're in good position. Mets aren't thinking about all oh, our, our, you know, our farm system isn't great right now. Who cares? Win now. We'll but they haven't even made. But the, thing, the beautiful thing is, Jake, is that they haven't had to trade anybody. 
They still have all their cards. They still have everything. Their hand is loaded with prospects down there in the minor leagues. And, that, you know, whether it, it's a matter of these kids coming up and performing and you have uh, a great nucleus that continues to grow. Remember that, that the Pete Alonzo deal is the one that's looming after all this is said and done. That's two years down the line, 2025. So it, it's it's scary to think about. Everybody's nervous about it because, you know, the numbers are going to be astronomical for what he's going to be able to command. There's no cheap in that one. There's not going to be a, uh, you know, like the Atlanta Braves. Oh, by the way, here's 35 cents. Do you want it? And they take it somehow. Uh, uh, who was it? Albies, seven years, 35 or 38 million, something like that. And he took it. Well, after your first year, you're going to say, I could go back to the minor leagues or, you know, they're going to have to pay me. And the Scott Kingeries of the world where he got 24 million right out the shoot. And that looked like a bust, but they never thought to even give uh, Alonzo a deal of that magnitude or could they? He, he just won the rookie rookie uh, home run uh, race. And when you're looking at what he's able to do, it wasn't going to come on the cheap. So it, it's going to be interesting. That that That's a guy that you're going to have to keep in the Mets pinstripes for a long, long time as well. Yeah, and then you're going to have to maybe keep, if you want to keep McNeil about that, unless they go Mauricio to replace him. But Figgy, this is the spending spree. I mean, Steve Cohen's theme song, we all know I'm a big Mamma Mia fan. It is ABBA's money, money, money. And let me just <laughs> let me just quote the iconic ABBA money, money, money must be funny in the rich man's world. Rich man's Uncle Stevie money, money, money. Always sunny, it's sunny in Queens and Philadelphia right now in the rich man <laughs> world. All the things I could do if I had a little money. It's a rich man's world. It's a rich man's world. It's Steve Cohen's world. He gave Brandon Nimmo eight years, 162. Let's touch on that because I feel like we've been talking about all the other ones and I haven't talked about the big fish. You know, he is a fisher. He is a, he is a guy who likes to fish. Nemo, Listen, we, Brandon we, Nemo. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> Nemo. They they found Nemo and mm -hmm. they, we said on the last show, emergency show, he said, I don't think we do six years, 150. Well, they got him eight years for 162. So in some ways, yeah. They got him on, you know, Marshalls and TJ Maxx pricing. Essentially, <laughs> they they got Gucci. You know, they had extra product. They sent it to TJ Maxx and the Mets got it. Eight years is a lot, but it'll take him through his age 37 season. He'll be 30 in March. And this is a guy that's grown with the Mets that knows the organization. They know him as well as anyone. The 13th pick in 2011 and is just 18 years old. He's been in the organization for a decade. His seventh season, he's had two kind of full seasons if we get rid of 2020 60 games 2018 140 2022 151 he's 385 obp last year he's a guy that gets on base career high 64 rbis but thinking this is a solid value i know it's a lot of years but this is not a thing where in five years gonna be like we're still paying brandon nimmo because he's gonna be 35 i mean it's not like he's gonna be 40 so this is still kind of the prime of this guy's career and we've seen that he's kind of only getting better we know his defense got better. His arm got a little bit better. The chills that you got watching the catch against the Dodgers up against the wall and just the spark he brings to the team. You know, the next step, like we talked about, is kind of stealing bases with the bigger bases. Let's see if he could start, you know, stealing 15, 20 bags a year. But for 20.25 a year, and with the other names we talked about on the market and potentially up to having to move a 34-year-old Marte to center field or signing a Brantley and moving Marte or you know signing another corner outfield that isn't as good, the Mets said, let's give you more years, Brandon. We know his agent in uh, Scott Boris and you know a little less per year, but we'll give you eight years instead of six. And I think this contract is a home run for the Mets. 
And it's a home run for Nimmo because, you know, he's now going to pretty much be a lifetime man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that you want to be able to do is is control your destiny as much as possible. And if it works out that it's a team that you want to play for and a team that you grew up playing for, you know, 18 years old, he's just a kid uh, when he signs over from Wyoming first ever. Uh, first round draft pick out of Wyoming that tells you, you know, they thought he was a special player back then. When he, when I first saw him back when I was working with S and Y he's, his build was very similar to Hunter Pence. He just had that wide back. He's kind of gangly, a little goofy looking, you know, but then you saw this guy play baseball and you're like, Oh man, I get it. You can see the speed. You can see the power. You can see the, the, the internal wheel that just doesn't stop. That's what you love about Brandon Nimmo. So when you think about eight years in this contract and where is he going to be in eight years, I'm not really worried about that. I'm, I'm worried about the first four years, the first four years of his contract. Listen, Jacoby Ellsbury got a similar deal with the Yankees and just was never that same player that he was to when he got that contract, right? I don't see Brandon Nimmo becoming that. I don't see the the contract, you know, making the Mets have to use kid gloves with him or move him to a corner outfield position and, you know, hurt his feelings in any way. No, you know what? When he becomes 32 years old and there's some kind of some kind of special prospect that comes up that's going to play center field, no problem. You can move him to a corner outfield spot because his game is going to continue to play and continue to develop where he's going to realize how to use that power, when they use that power, but at the same time be selective and keep the line moving because because you know those bats that are locked up for years, more so than Nimmo even, when you have a Lindor behind him. Um, those guys are going to be, you know, right there behind him. And I, I can't stress it enough how he makes this team go when he's out. It, it just one, not just one less than. There's three different facets of the game that hurt when he's out. And we saw that last year um, with a Marte when Marte went out, right? It was such a difference maker. Like you would just, oh man, if we had one more guy that could get on, that could run. And you do have that. You have those two guys back to back. And it's pretty special to have those two guys. Marte's in a deal for four years. So that's three more years we're going to have Marte. I think it's a, a, a tremendous get. And I think it's a tremendous value when you look at what's going on in baseball. If you look at the center fielders, I think there's like three guys ahead of him as far as uh, average annual value. But they are kind of guys that are big power numbers. And once they lose that, uh, look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout, if you look at defensive runs scored, he's a minus 15. Brandon Nimmo's was a minus 3.3 when it comes to the the defensive war. So all the plays that on the other side, Trout is like a 300 for his offensive war, which is ridiculous. But Nimmo has done admirably to be top five. And now he's getting paid like someone who should be top five. And, you know, he's worked his ass off to get here because, like we said, he's battled through injuries. And that was something I was worried about. You know, some freak injuries hit on the hand here, hustling out, whatever it may be. But this guy's been here a decade. I mean, he was five, six years in the minors, finally gets his chance. You know, was had to fight it out with Juan Lagares, was a corner outfielder, moved to center, worked his ass off at center field. And listen, he is all smiles, a likable guy. And the Mets, what fans are excited about, Figgy, is their likable guy on this team. You start in right field, Starling Marte is beloved. I love him. You know, I had my plea for him to come back last year for the playoffs. He did love the right fielder. Nimmo smiles. Love him. Left field. Mark Hanna. How can you not love him? Big league foodie guy eats. He's a foodie. He was good last year. He had a great start right off the field. Great clubhouse guy. Hard not to like Mark Hanna. First base. I mean, come on. The polar bear. Pete Alonzo. Second base. Jeff McNeil. Flying squirrel. Remarkable season last year. Shortstop. Francisco Lindor started to become beloved by Mets fans. 
Mr. Smile himself, big contract. And you want to talk about the long-term and the guy here a while, he's going to be here a while. He's going to be here till I have children, potentially. <laughs> I mean, we keep talking about that. I'm going to have kids, and Francisco Lindor is still going to be a Met. Well, I mean, we, we think. Who knows with me at this rate? But we think by the time I'm 38, 39, I at least have a wife. But who knows? But anyways, <laughs> you got a, a shortstop you love. Third base, we already love Brett Beatty. And, he, you know, he's hurt. And Escobar, I mean, we, we fell in love with this guy. Every position you love and then catcher. I mean, you probably are starting Francisco Alvarez at this point. I think the Mets are going to try to trade McCann and get rid of that contract. And then you're talking about Alvarez and Nito. And with all the moves they're making, it's something I can live with now. And just imagine if Alvarez is the hitter we expect him to be. And we're talking about not only a great pitching staff, not just a great bullpen, a great rotation, but a lineup that you love, players you love, player high character players, and a lineup that could be very effective. And that's not even mentioning, you know, the depth pizzas, the Vogelback, the Vientos, the Giormes, and you know, I'm sure they'll sign another backup outfielder. This roster is shaping up to be a special one. And I hate saying, you know, it's only December on paper, but on paper. This is shaping up to be a trip down the canyon of heroes. (laughs) See, you make it so hard for yourself because when you do your preseason show, how can you go backwards? You can't go backwards. So we already know what you're you're thinking. It looks Uh, so good. It looks like a surf and turf. The Mets roster is is a buffet. It's the Legends Club buffet. It's the the freaking uh, It always comes back to food with you, bro. It's it's the uh, the sweet buffet. It is a buffet right now, and it's a five star buffet. I'm not talking IHOP. I'm not talking Golden <laughs> Corral. I'm talking Lobster Tail, baby. Delta Club, MSG, Lobster Tail, big ass shrimp. That's the New York Mets. I'm hungry. Let me go back to the QBC where we had talked about several different things, right? And we talked about uh, on paper, and but the rest of this division. We also talked about remember that the new scheduling. You're going to be playing a lot more teams and less interdivision, which works out for the Mets. I mean, we just finished saying how the Braves are not going to lose a step. You know, you, you look at the what the Phillies are doing. Um, they're going to be a much tougher, stronger team, you imagine, than the team that barely made the playoffs but made it all the way to the World Series. So don't think that for a second that this means instant, oh, yeah, it, it, this is going to be an, a cakewalk. Not at all. But I do think that while we were complaining about – the uh, new scheduling and how that was going to affect division rivalry and and you know the the placement in the division. Now you're looking at it and you're like, ah, I don't kind of mind that so much because you get to play outside of your division a little bit more. I, I just think we, we've we said it for the last three years that it was always going to be down to those three teams. And and it has been. And, um, you know, that that race, 101 wins, both teams you know, wind up tying. Then you have, of course, the Phillies get in by the skin of their teeth. They're able to catch fire at the right time, go all the way to the World Series and really bludgeon for what what was the pitcher? McCullers, bludgeon McCullers uh, as he's tipping pitches and they're leaving the ballpark. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, the Phillies are going to freaking win the World Series. And then the next night they get no hit. So baseball, there are no guarantees in baseball, but I do love the direction that this club is going. They're not nearly done yet. And if they are done, listen, they can go and compete right now with the best teams in baseball and still have a chance to win. And the scary thing is they're not done yet. Bring Sanga home to Queens. I mean, home is not really his home, but bring him to Queens. He'll make <laughs> it's, it your home. Home. it's your it's home. It's your home. That home. is. Come to my home. You know, we'll, we'll have a nice dinner. 
Code Sanga, Kodai, Koday, hey, 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 Koday Sanga, <laughs> bring them home. This roster is incredible. And, you know, a guy we didn't really mention, Books Rally. This is a guy coming off his best year, 2680 array for the Rays, will be 35 next season. You know, he pitched in the KBO as well. This guy's dominant versus lefties. And you lost Joely Rodriguez, who was not really dominant versus lefties, but he was your lefty guy. And now you got Rayleigh, you got Peterson, uh, you have Lucchese, although Lucchese's probably triple-A and then a backup, you know, if anyone gets hurt. But that gives you the lefty that you're so desperately missing. You know, you, you lost Aaron Loop, and it ended up working. He had a bad year. But Rayleigh is a under-the-radar kind of pickup here for the Mets that could be a huge part of this bullpen. I like that trade. You know, they gave up a prospect who had good numbers, but he was single a, he's still four or five years away. And to the Mets right now, they can't, they're not thinking about five years away. They're thinking about that window that Steve Cohen said, what did he say? Three years. Mm -hmm. He said three to five, three to five. And this is year three, right? Or is this year two? This is your, no, you had three of Steve Cohen. Yeah, it's year three of Steve Cohen. First one, and first year was Lindor. The Lindor signing was the big move. Then last year with uh, everybody coming back with Scherzer. Yeah, and then so this will be year three. So it's looking on the short end of that three to five year window <laughs> for a world championship for this team. But Rayleigh is one of those pieces that I think is going to go under the radar just because, I mean, listen, they're all, I mean, they've gotten Verlander, they got Nimmo, they got Quintana, they got Robertson. So it's going to fly under the radar. But this was a good move to get Brooks Raley. Yeah, yeah, you need that lefty. And this is a guy who has toiled all over the world, uh, pitching out in Korea, uh, honing his craft. We see a lot of guys go out that way and come back. They go at an early age to make some money. They, they learn all they can from the game, come back, and they're a different pitcher. Uh, he's one of those guys. So it'll be it's a good move. It's a low-cost move when you trade away an A prospect, but you're getting that left-hander who you desperately need, somebody that you can rely on. Because I, I do feel it, it would suck for Peterson to have to go to AAA, but you're going to need that depth. You're going to need somebody stretched out. You can't just wing it and hope he's able to go four after sitting around in the bullpen for you know two weeks. Um, so I, I think Peterson might go down to the bull, uh, to AAA. Lucchese could go down to AAA if, if they want him as a starter instead of a reliever. But he gives you that flexibility as a guy who's done it out of the bullpen before and uh, another one of these veteran guys who I love a team with veteran guys and still has some youth and some spark and things like that. I always go back to the Diamondback team that I wasn't a part of because I went in the Kurt Schilling trade. Uh, that team to me, it was those guys is their last chance. Uh, so Schilling and Randy Johnson and Mark Grace and all those guys, Luis Gonzalez, all those guys, you could see that the writing was on the wall that it, it wasn't about being a team of destiny. It was about these guys going, hey, I busted my ass way too long to make the last out of a ball game. I'm going to make sure I'm not making the last out of the ball game. Those pitchers riding those two horses, which is what you basically have now um, in, in the two guys that we have uh, at the top. So I, I'm really excited about the makeup of this team. I know at Major League Baseball is always younger, younger, younger. But if you're wanting to win a championship, you kind of have to have that good mix. And there isn't a better mix in baseball than what they got going right now. You almost forget Jacob DeGrom's gone. Like, it's almost like that didn't happen. Happened. The Mets have done so much that you almost forgot he existed. And you probably will with him pitching in Texas for the Rangers, where this guy said, I saw the vision the Rangers had to win. Hearing the vision of what the Rangers want to do and ultimately the vision of bringing a World Series here, that's the goal. And if you listen to the audio, he had trouble saying the words World Series. Like he had trouble saying it seriously. It's not as bad as when Harper, when Harper said, can't wait to bring a championship to 
Washington. Yeah, I wish <laughs> DeGrom said I can't bring a, wait to bring a championship to the Mets. Oh, I mean the Rangers. But, I mean, he had trouble saying it. And listen, he's got 188 million, possibly 222 million reasons to be happy. But the Rangers don't belong. The Texas Rangers do not belong in the same territory, the same league, the same stratosphere as Uncle Steve Cohen and the New York Mets. They don't belong in the same class. They're in kindergarten. The Mets just got their Ph.D. That's the difference. They're eating green eggs and ham. We're eating lobster tail. They're reading Dr. Seuss. We're reading Harry Potter or whatever scholarly book. That's a scholastic. Oh, good God. I haven't read a book in too long. (laughs) They're reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We're reading the Bible. At least Brandon Nimmo is. There's a... Listen, these are two different leagues. The Mets are winning the World Series in 2023. I'm pumped up. I got to calm down. I wish guys were a little bit more like Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke was the best. When they asked Zach Greinke when he went to <sighs> L.A., what was the reason for coming to L.A.? Was it the you know the the young prospects coming up? This team has a chance to win. He goes, they paid me the most money. Yeah, that's that what DeGrom should have said. Then, he went, then remember, he went, to the, he went to the Diamondbacks, and they said the same thing. Why'd you stay here with the Diamondbacks? And he goes, they paid me the most money. Point blank. No need to make up this whole, and, and you know, you got to say the right thing. Look at what's going on with poor Russell Wilson. Let's ride. Every time he says, let's ride, Broncos Nation, let's ride, or Broncos Country, let's ride. It, it makes your stomach turn, doesn't it? Because it feels so forced. And I, I get it. You want to buy in, but you can't buy in when you're not able to perform at that that same level. So, you know, again, Jacob DeGrom did everything in a Met uniform that you could possibly want other than win a World Series championship. And you can't do that by yourself. He was admirable in 2015 when he started in the World Series. And th- that, those playoff games were magical. And that's where you started to see what this kid could actually be. He won two Youngs, you can't take that away from him. You see, if he at when healthy, one of the best pitchers on the planet. But it was a matter of could you get him out there for more than just 15, 18 starts a year and productively and without the risk or without, like you said, holding your breath and checking your pulse to see if he's coming out in the third inning or he's, you know, something's wrong with him. So I, I think it was uh the right move. It's a smart move. It's a smart baseball move when you look at 188 million possibly 222 million uh, when the deal's all said and done, that kind of money, not that Uncle Stevie doesn't have it, but there's have it and have it to burn. There's no reason to burn it when you can get back value on each dollar that you spend, which is what the Mets are doing now. Owen is wiping his ass with the Mets luxury tax bills. (laughs) He will buy you and your family. He will buy your children. He will buy your pets. He will buy your dogs. He will buy your cats. He will buy every free agent in sight. He is the best owner in baseball and he means business. Good luck in Texas, Jacob deGrom. (laughs) Steve Cohen is my uncle. I've adopted him into the Brown family and I would like 0.1% of his inheritance. He is building a championship and he means business and he will get whatever player he wants. And we've been waiting for this all 31 years on my planet earth for the Mets to do something (laughs) like this. And the time to win a championship is now. And 2023 is the year of the Mets. It's the year of uncle Stevie. We mean business. It's showtime. We'll close that. Amazing. But true. Next. 
I want to be a New York Met. People don't realize that I grew up in, in the Mets. So when I was 18, I haven't known anything different than, than the New York Mets. And um, I really turned into a man in in, in, uh, in the New York Mets organization. So there is there is sentimental value to it for me. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, like I said, I don't know anything different. So um, it would be a huge shakeup for me if, if I went to a different team. Now, is that part of the business? It is. And I would deal with that accordingly. But um, yeah, I would love to stick around with the Mets. I think we have a great team here. I want to be a part of it. You know, as long as the Mets want me to be here, I'm, I'm here and I and I want to be here. Oh man, Figgy, I was fired up on this episode. I, I think it was all the Diet Cokes. I saw MJ the Musical and like, while I did miss a lot of Mets news, it sucked, my phone was off. What a show. The Thriller number was incredible. I think Miles Frost is the actor's name. He is remarkable. When Man in the Mirror came on, my mom started just crying. She had her mask on, so I think her mask was just full of tears. Uh, <laughs> but she was very emotional. And I was grooving, like I'm a big, like Leo Mazzoni. Like I just, my head is always bobbing. Um, I think it from banging my head on my pillow. I think I told you this, that before I would sleep, I would bang my head on my pillow. And first it was like, I hate Connecticut. <laughs> I hate, or I'd be like, <laughs> or the Mets had like a bad loss. And I would bang my head and be like, the Mets stink. The Mets stink. Or like, fire Terry. Or like, I'd bang my head against the pillow to whatever oh my, my mood was at that point. And that was like my drug was banging my head on the pillow. Uh, but I was like Leo Mazzoni at, at the MJ musical, just bobbing my head. What a great show. Anyways, I'll stop rambling now. That says goodnight to episode 128. It is goodnight because it's freaking midnight right now of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake, for producing the show as always. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch our our pretty faces, but follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True, at FiggyNY, and at Jake Brown Radio. The holiday season is here for us Mets fans mm -hmm. and for all human beings. Yes. Um, are, are you a big, like, go see the tree kind of guy? Like, do you take your daughter and, like, let's go see the tree this year? Nope, not at 18 years old. I don't. She's she's seen the tree plenty of times. She's done all the, you know, uh, the parade and freezing her butts off outside. Nope, we do things in HD at this house. For Nels Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. Uh, we will be back the next. I don't know if the Mets have any moves left in them, so this might be the last show till spring training. So we've enjoyed it. It's been a fun ride, but we'll see. You know, if they get Sanga and a DH, we'll do a show. We'll see. But we had to hop behind the mic to talk about Brandon Nemo, David Robertson, and everything the Mets did this week. We don't talk to you. Have a happy holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your new year. Hopefully we do talk to you with a move, but we shall see. Thanks, everybody, happy for holidays. listening to Amazing But True. Happy holidays. That covers everything. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. He will buy every free agent in sight. 